up everyone and welcome to episode 207 of the Justin Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Burbeck, I am your host and guide through said podcast and as recording this I am fucking shattered because I've been back at the world of TMing and touring, kind of. Uh, did a weekend away with the lovely people in Svalbard, was in Leeds and Brighton over the weekend. Um, and it was cool. It was nice to be back at doing doing merch, doing driving and all that, even though I am extremely tired right now. Um, it was really, just really cool to see the Svalbard guys. I hadn't seen them properly like in well over a year. Um, and yeah, it was nice to catch up with the country guys as well. Uh, for the two days, and just nice to see some some familiar faces at shows, even though I didn't really see that many fans because I was outside socialising for most of it, my bad. But yeah, kind of, I know I've been saying this for a few weeks now, but it feels like life is becoming normal again, which is good. Um, and yeah, just been kind of like super sociable recently. Like, I can't remember if I mentioned it before, but when to Bath with some friends recently, saw a Frankenstein museum, which was really cool. Got to catch up with a friend over some coffee, which is always super cool. So yeah, feeling very positive about things at the moment. Whereas I feel like for the last year or so, this intro has been very boring, mundane, and me saying how shit life is. But every, yeah, everything coming up millhouse, as they say. Um, as always, just want to kind of give a couple shout outs to new records I've listened to. Haven't listened to a whole lot of new stuff this week because I've just been, yeah, I was in, in the car for the Svalbard stuff. We were listening to new metal. So a lot of Spine Shank, a lot of Corn, a lot of Coal Chamber. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to the new Overexposure record. Definitely worth your time. Go check that out. And the new Bust record. So go check them out. Um, let's get into a guest. This week I am joined by the new vocalist of deathcore band Lorna Shaw, Will Ramos. Now, if you're unfamiliar with either Lorna Shaw or Will, basically there's a kind of whirlwind ride of how Will became the vocalist of Lorna Shaw, uh, which is all discussed in this this talk. But he kind of didn't start out as a vocalist. He talked about how he kind of dabbled in loads of different instruments before kind of like really honing in with his vocals and wanting to almost be a perfectionist about it before joining a band. Um, how he kind of used YouTube as a as an outlet and a platform to almost get himself noticed and become one of the deathcore scene's most prominent vocals today. And what Lorna Shaw have got in store for us now, he is a confirmed permanent member of the band. So yeah, please enjoy the chat I have with Will. And I'll see you on the other side. Cool, right. So, uh, joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalist of New Jersey deathcore band Lorna Shaw, Will Ramos. Will, thank you very much for taking some time and having a chat with me. Um, how are things with you? Like, obviously, it must be a really surreal situation for you. Like, new bands, new record everyone's like super psyched so how are you feeling right now i feel honestly it's uh amazing i feel amazing i never felt better as far as like how i'm doing in the in in music but at the same time also kind of stressed because you know now i gotta make everything perfect <laughs> so it's like a lot of mixed emotions but i feel good overall it's a good feeling so i'm gonna keep running with that's that. what we like to hear yeah we like to hear um, as I said, like I like to always take my guests back to their kind of roots and their origins, so to say. So, what kind of got you into alternative music? Like, what was your first exposure to it? My first exposure, I started playing guitar in like I was like fourteen, and I met this dude who was so metal. He was like the metalist looking dude, like super scene kid, and like I thought he was so cool for some reason. And then he was like, "Yo, I play guitar yeah. too, dude." And I was like, "Oh, let's play guitar, man." He's like, "Yeah." Listen to these bands that I know at the time I only listened to like classic rock, like ACDC and stuff. Right. And then like, and then he was like, dude, here's Lamb of God and like, like uh, Trivium and Bullet from My Valentine. And I'm not going to lie, dude. I was listening to these bands. Like these bands are so heavy. Like that was my first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The heaviest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. 
but that it all just started from there and then like i just kept listening to it and then like i guess i'm not even gonna lie one of my friends tried to turn me on to white chapel like like i literally can't listen this is too heavy for me <laughs> <laughs> those are my or bit ironic but a lot of that and that was cool so like how because you say like starting with guitar so like have you always kind of been like quite musically inclined in that way then i don't want to say i'm musically inclined but i do want to say that like i just like being able to play a whole bunch of different things when i was like a little kid i was always like curious i guess maybe that was what it was like to see what another mm. could do so i remember when I, I first started playing violin and i was like six or seven and then i moved on to the cello and then i moved on to the saxophone now i have i've been playing a saxophone for like seven years i still have it rock that's awesome <laughs> yeah and then i was like you know what let me try uh playing the guitar because I heard somebody oh I remember I was in eighth grade some dude just came from like the high school and was just saying hi to that teacher and he brought in this guitar and he was like yo dude you want to play this song and he was like all right man and he played crazy train and I was like nice oh. I was like this is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my entire life like I need to learn how to play guitar and then and then I stopped playing guitar eventually but you know <laughs> <laughs> you know I like to play I like to dabble but you know you know, that's just so like, at the end of the day is a dabble. You mentioned like there, obviously, like playing all these like different like instruments when you were younger. So were, were your parents kind of like encouraging you to do that? Or was it just your like your inquisitive brain? Oh, no, it was definitely maybe it was like a little bit of my parents. But for some I don't know what it was. Like I literally don't even remember when it started. I just remember like playing the violin. I don't remember if it was like me that wanted to play the violin or my parents were just like, here, play this instrument. But like, actually, no, I do remember because I remember in elementary school, they used to make us play this horrible instrument called the recorder. I don't know if you if you have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, horrible, horrible instrument it made a hard when you make when you play it wrong, it makes this horrible squealing sound. I still have one because, you know, go back to the roots, baby. Let's go. And I have I have it. In the other <laughs> but like I remember playing it. I was like, this instrument is trash. It sounds like crab, but I like playing it, you know, and then. I, when I found out in third grade, I could start playing other instruments. They let you finally start playing instruments. I was like, all right, well, let me try, I guess, something else. And then that was when my mom was like, or whoever it was that veered me in the direction of violin brought me there. So I don't know how it That's happened, cool. man, but I remember that damn recorder. It just squealed horribly. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, cool. Horribly. So in terms of like, you said like you were kind of into the sort of like classic rock stuff before you kind of got into like the more sort of metal side of things. So w was anyone kind of putting you onto that or I don't know, was it just because that was what was around? Like, how did you kind of get into that? I don't, none of my people like in my family, none of my family members listen to rock. So I don't even know when it started. I was probably listening. Like I listened to like a lot of the radio at the time. And over here we have a radio station, 104.3, which is like all classic mm. rock. And like it's like Led Zeppelin and all that stuff. Actually, now I think about it, I did. I have like a cousin or two that like listen to some rock. I don't really know to be honest. I just started like jamming it. I think it was maybe when I started picking up guitar. That was probably a big yeah. Deal, you know, like because I was like I just want to play something, and I was like, all right, well let's play some some of that crazy train stuff that he that my I saw that dude learning in eighth grade. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably it. Honestly. That's cool. And then, like, as you said, like, kind of getting into the more kind of, like, metal side of things, like, were there any, like, particular bands that, like, you were really drawn to that, because as you say, like, that first initial thing was, like, it was just heavy sort of music, yeah. but were there any kind of bands that you kind of really latched onto? Okay, there's two bands in particular that I, like, I remember to this day because I'm like, yo, these bands, I don't know how I got to them, but I did. Oh, I AFI, Benson. Nice. Band. I started listening to them because I started playing World of Warcraft years ago, and some chick oh, wow. I used to talk with online, like just like like go do dungeon stuff. Like she always like like with Ventrilo. This is back when Ventrilo was a thing, and like she used to play this that like Miss Murder. This is like way before Rock Band and stuff. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I started just jamming the whole album. It's like this is an amazing album. I love this album. And then and then Rock Band came out, and then everybody knew it. And yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> now, now everybody knows them. I love it even more. But um, and the other band was In Flames. In Flames. Nice. I will tell you to this day, they are still my favorite band. I will listen to old In Flames and be like, ah, like just jamming out. You know, I know all the lyrics. I remember longboarding in like middle school and just having In Flames in my headphones all day. 
That's cool. I was like, dude. So then, in terms of kind of like, because I always find like the interesting thing, like the other side of like people's musical journey is their kind of exposure to live music. And as you say, like you had these people like playing music around you and, and things like that. But obviously, like in terms of like New Jersey, like so my kind of like background is more like punk and hardcore. So I know like the New Jersey side of things that end. But like, was there much of like a metal scene like when you were growing up and were you kind of going to shows when you were younger? I did. I went to my first show, I think, when I was 14 or 15. Like, mm. I was older. I, I I was, like, so... Like, that was just not a part of my world for some reason. I don't know what it was. I never had any friends that were really into music, you know? And none of my family members were really into it either. Like, it wasn't a big deal if they didn't go to a show. You know what I mean? But then yeah. I, I started hanging out with my friends that were all into, like, met, like, like metalcore and, like, motionless and white and stuff that was one of my friends was from the mall i remember he was like dude you want to go to the motionless and white show i was like i've never even been to a show he was like you're coming to this show i was like all right and you know and it was awesome and that that was my first show ever it was a motionless and white show. i remember showing up five hours early to be the first person online and i was like why are we here so early this is insane <laughs> and they were he was like no it's all part of the experience dude you got to do it and i was like all right i'm doing it and honestly it was a great it was amazing and that was definitely like a huge turning point i started going to shows all the time there is i found out at the time i didn't know there was any jersey scene at all but there was a huge mm. jersey scene i just just like didn't know anything about how to navigate through social media you know and like talk to people or maybe the scene just wasn't as what it is now but like yeah definitely a scene going on and i found it eventually it just took me like until i joined a band you know what i mean and then i was like oh yeah yeah ends too wait where jersey what this is insane you know what i mean and then i was like okay there's bands everywhere that's cool so obviously in terms of kind of like you said like in terms of going into like the heavier world, like guitar was like the first sort of instrument that you kind of picked up. But obviously we know you now as well, now vocalist of Lorna Shaw, but like other bands in the past. So where did that kind of element come into it? Like wanting to sort of do vocals and sing, or did, was that something that came along a lot later? So like, as I was playing guitar, I remember like, I always like, like listening to Lamb of God, like these bands I thought were too heavy for some reason. I kept listening to them anyway. And I was like, these bands are actually not that heavy. They're, I mean, they're heavy, but they're not like too heavy. It was like, a perfect yeah, heavy. Yeah. I was like, this is great, you know? And then I remember like I had an iHome and an iPod, an iPod Nano, which was like, you know, freaking like, <laughs> yeah. so small, dude. And I used to, I had my own bathroom at the time, which was like separated from another person's bathroom. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just blast music in here and just, I guess, scream. I don't even remember when I started screaming, but I remember trying to, like, replicate the sound. And one of my friends, yeah, oh, yeah. dude, the guy, the guitar guy comes back. Hey, dude, you're actually not bad at screaming. I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. I'm not going to do it. But then I remember seeing this <laughs> dude in, like, in my high school, and his name is Will Flame. He's now an opera singer. But he was, quote, unquote, the best singer in all of Leonia High School. Everybody knew it. That was the name of my high school, so the only high school. But he was like the best ever. And I went to one of his plays one day. And like he was and when he sang, everybody in the room was silent. And it was everybody was cool. listening. And it was just like such a moment, a surreal moment. I was like, damn, like that's actually incredible. I won't mm. be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like doing what I already do, you know, like it's just singing in the shower, you know? And then uh, I just kept practicing. And then I eventually kind of put the guitar to the side and was like, let me try just doing more vocal stuff. And then like, however many years later, that was when I was 14 is when I started doing like, actually like doing vocals. And yeah. Now, so it's been a long vigorous <laughs> <Yeah>. trip. <laughs> but, Cause well, I want to kind of get into like the sort of range that you have in a, in a little bit, but like just because of like the pure, like ferocity of your vocals and stuff. And like the style that you have, did, did you ever take like formal lessons or is it all self-taught? I've taken lessons once from somebody just to make sure that I was doing something right. Because for some reason I felt like when I was doing a certain scream, like that I was straining and I was like, I don't know why, like it sounds like it's supposed to sound. So I had to hit up somebody to be like, am I doing something? What am I doing wrong here? And so basically I was just like, mm -hmm. I was just like reteach me as if I don't know anything at all. 
And then he pretty much he was like, dude, what you're doing is right. It's just like you need to do a little bit of this. I can't if I went into it right now, it would be a, the longest vocal lesson to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it was like that little lesson that was just like, wow, this is amazing. You know, so I've definitely had lessons before just to make sure like I was like, am I doing this right? Am I pushing mm -hmm. the wrong place, et cetera. And then I had lessons from that guy, Will Flame, that I'm telling you about because he became an opera singer. And I think opera singers are the best vocalists period yeah i don't yeah. care what anybody says they sing so loudly they don't need microphones they they don't hurt their voice it's all controlled they sing really high they sing really low everything like they are the best and so I, when i found out he became an opera singer i was like teach me i was like if i could learn how to sing even half as loud as opera singers loud like sing you know like just cause if you ever hear them in like new york or in like the subway they don't even use microphones mm. half the time they're just like something like, <laughs> you know like but like 10 times louder, you know? So I've, I've had both like opera lessons before just to try and like jazz myself up a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, the reason I asked is because I think like, because obviously you have such control of like your voice, I think, and it's I think it's incredible. There are people that obviously within your sort of genre of music that are completely self-taught, but I think because of where you sit in that world, I was just intrigued to see like how much like, quote-unquote proper training you'd had and how much of it was self-taught oh yeah i mean i'm i think having training is super important you know you can only everybody learns things the way they learn them in the beginning but then like the problem is that they skip out on so many steps you know and at the mm. day you don't even know what you're like you'll find out when you're doing like training exercises that what you're doing is completely wrong and that you don't even have to do these things and it's like you wouldn't know that unless you went to somebody to teach you so like for me like i have like i don't care if i I, I have no like pride that holds me against like <laughs> yeah. a trainer. I'm like, listen, man, am I good? Great. Keep it going. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's what you do with it that counts. So. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So then in terms of you kind of like, I guess, kind of moving into like the musical world, like when you started like playing in bands and stuff, had you, by this point, had you completely, given up guitar and gone fully into vocals or did you start playing bands in, like with guitar and stuff uh i didn't join my first band till i was like about to leave high school because i was always super self-conscious of like doing i don't like doing things unless i'm like good at them in front of yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because it's like when you sing and you you sing to yourself all the time in the shower and you're like oh i'm great you know but then you sing somebody's thing <laughs> like ah i can't do that right now it was like that and so like i didn't want to i never joined the band with the guitar. I wanted to, I never did though, because I just never pursued it to that extent. And then when I did vocals, even that didn't happen again until like four or five years after I started doing vocals. Cause I was so like self-conscious about like, what I mm. thought I sounded like. So I didn't need to be, I found out later when I got to be like, you know, like <laughs> so many years later, I'm like, wow, I don't know why I was like that, but I was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There it is. So what, so what was the first like, band that you, you were in? I joined this band called Secrets Don't Sleep. It's a metalcore band. I am a metalcore guy at heart. People always associate me with deathcore. I get it, but I love yeah. metalcore. And that's my <laughs> right there, baby. So like, we joined, I was in a band called Secrets Don't Sleep. We put out a, a couple, like uh, one music video and like two other, there's a little EP, you know, we ended up breaking up very shortly after because our dude, our, our main songwriter ended up moving to Tennessee to mm. pursue being a producer full time and like train oh, going cool. to school for it. So we're like, all right, great. We'll go on without you. But then we realized that having a songwriter is like 90% of the band. So when he left, <laughs> yeah. the band totally fell apart. I mean, we were like, you know, but that was, it was, it was awesome. I remember being with these dudes and just not knowing what the hell I was doing, but just having a good time no matter what. Because it was just like, I'm finally in a band. You know, you guys are in a band. Let's yeah, yeah. Out, you know? But yeah, it was great. So did you, like you said, you mentioned that you kind of did the music video on the EP, but did you do like much like gigging and, and or, or like, was it just kind of like local shows? We did like literally two shows, I think. It was, <laughs> no, we didn't know what we were doing at the time. We played in this place called The Radiant in New Jersey, which is like a church. If you've ever, you, it's not open, it doesn't exist anymore. But it was just like, it was so bad for sound. Like the reverb was crazy. It's a church, you know what I mean? It's meant to all mm. you can do. Oh, 
and your voice carries <laughs> everywhere. So it was just like absolute garbage. They ended up closing down eventually. Thank God. I mean, they're still a church, so they're doing their thing, but they're not doing shows, which is like for the best. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think we played like two shows and then that was it. And he was like, I got to go pursue my career. And I was like, you know what? Godspeed. <laughs> fair, <laughs> that, yeah. fair enough yeah so then like what if you kind of told me through like the bands because obviously before we got to to lawn and shore like people obviously knew you from monument of a memory and awaken providence but was there kind of like learning curves for you before that or, or do you kind of class those two bands as like I guess the, the staples before we get to lawn and shore they I would like to consider them as like the staples for sure like uh, I've definitely been in a lot of, you know, being in local bands and like trying to just figure out what you're doing, especially when you have no idea what you're doing. You go through, I feel like so many bands that may or may not even develop names, but like groups of people, yeah. you're like, oh, let's work. And then you work and you're like, well, we're not working. You know, this isn't working. You know, we're not writing anything. We're just hanging out. And um, I've been through so many bands at this point. It's I, I, I love them all. All the people in them that I worked with. Fantastic. We still have music out in all of them, but at the end of the day, yeah. like the only ones, the first ones that actually started getting me like any kind of attention was Awaken Providence. That was the beginning of everything, honestly. Once mm. I joined Awaken Providence, it was people started to like know kind of who I was. We went on tour with Lorna and um, and the dude uh, and Ben Dewar before he was in Shadow of Intent. He was in Indepths and Tide still. Mm. So. Um, yeah, we like those two when I was with them. That was kind of how I met Lorna, honestly, literally when we went on that tour with Awaken Providence. And then after that whole thing ended, we were with I was with Monument and I even worked with another band called Euclid, which actually is the remnants of In Depths and Tides, which was Ben Dewar's old band. So when they when Ben Oh nice. It was the all the dudes are like, What the fuck are we gonna do? Let's just get Will. And then I wasn't doing anything at the time because I wasn't in Lord, I wasn't in um, Awaken Providence yet. So I was like, dude, let's go. And then I worked with them and now they're actually putting out music right as we speak. That's cool. So that's, I guess, another staple, I guess, because they're just a bunch of homies and they're, they all got names at the end of the day. In my <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, it's a long, like I said, it's a very long, vigorous journey to get to this point. Yeah, yeah. And because of that like as you say like you've been in all these various other bands and like with like Awaken Providence and Monument of Memory like you they were bands that you kind of joined they weren't sort of bands that were created that you were in right and like Lauren Shaw's again like a band that was already there and you've joined and I don't mean this to be like in a disparaging way but like it almost kind of like seems like you're like the free agent that kind of slots in in these places and kind of is there that kind of fixes a hole and things like that. So I don't know, like, is that kind of how you approach music that like you do a thing? Like, obviously I don't want to say that's what's going to happen with Lawn and Shore, but like you'll do a thing for a while and then move on. Or I don't know, like how do you kind of approach music? Everything has its own like specific, you know, situation as far as like when each thing ended, you know what I mean? But they were all mm. like for good purposes. And at the end of the day, like I do try to brand myself as like, I am not, I don't want to be just like the vocalist of this band. Like, I just want to be me. You know what I mean? And if I hope you enjoy yeah. what I put out, no matter what it is at the end of the day. But like, I love Lorna Shore. And at the end of the day, like, I, I, I love being with these dudes. And I've never worked better with it. If we work really well together and it's, there's no problems, then it's great. I had, when I was in Awaken Providence, we had like a lot of internal issues going on and like, I didn't leave the band because I wanted to. I left the band because at the end of the day, like it would have been better for my mental sake to just take a step away because I was just stressed out. Mm. Time and nobody wants to be stressed out. And then at the end of the day, I love just putting out music and I just want to put out music for the people. And I just want people to hear me just like how people heard that dude in my high school. You know what I mean? That's what I want. And That's that cool. means like, you know what? Like I'm a, Lorna hit me up and now I'm in Lorna. Like, that's what I have to do, you know, and I'll do it. That's cool. That's cool. That's a really cool approach to have as well. Like, as you say, like, if it's, if it's just a moment in time, then that's cool. But as you say, like, I think a lot of specifically vocalists, they do get pigeonholed as being like your vocalist of X band. Whereas like, we'll get onto it in a little bit, but like, you've almost created like the Will Ramos brand in some aspects. That's what I'm trying Which I think is a really... That's literally what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and I think that's a really cool way to do it. 
I, I feel like rap artists do it all the time. You know, it's just we don't really see it a lot in in metal at all. And nothing mm. wrong with it. I just don't think that it's been done often. And at this point, like, yeah, I don't yeah. see why we can't do that. And this we have we have people all the time where they're just like big names. They do anything and they they do great. At the end of the day, that's cool. So, so then. Just stepping back a little bit to Awaken Providence, obviously, like you said, that was kind of like the the catalyst that started everything. So was that the first band that you were in that like was out touring and, and stuff like that? Yep. First one that uh, I remember one of my first tour ever is in Dying Arms, Convictions, Phantoms and Awaken Providence. It was the most amazing thing, probably. I just remember like it sucked because <laughs> it sucked. It was the best at <laughs> the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was my first tour, so I loved it. It was the real band experience that, like, I'd never experienced up until that point. Well, that's kind of what I was going to ask, because I always find, like, people's first sort of foray into that world quite interesting. And, like, whether... Because, obviously, as you said, like, you'd been in all these other bands previously, but they may not have done anything, like, of substantial sort of thing. Right. But, like, that kind of step into tour is always, like, a different world. And, like, whether people have, like preconceptions of what that's going to be like so i don't know did you have an idea in your head of like what tour was going to be like and did it kind of live up to that or was it completely a fresh experience it was totally fresh i had no idea i like to think you know i always have so many expectations for things and then things just don't plan out at all how they expect them Mm. to so at the end of the day i just learned it just like don't expect anything have no idea what's going to happen and just be like fuck it you know we'll see what happens and so it was just amazing for me because I had no expectations. I was like, whatever happens, happens, and let's do it. And yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It didn't live up to anything, it didn't cool. ruin anything that I was like, oh, man, I was going <laughs> to do this. You know, it was like, this is just what it is, and I love this traveling. That's cool. And then, before, like, before we do get onto Lorna, as I said, like, you've almost created it because I think – a lot of people obviously they know you from your bands but there are people now specifically that know you as just will ramos the vocalist and obviously doing like obviously the age we live in now like because of social media and all the different like mediums we have like you've been able to kind of use that platform to promote yourself like by doing the like the covers and the vocal things and, and stuff like that so before i kind of get onto like how that world kind of got onto like in terms of like your voice and like you knew that that was something that you wanted to kind of use as a as an instrument like was it just literally that you were kind of like trying all these different styles and practicing and wanting to perfect like how you could control your voice to a point that you were like right i'm comfortable and now i want to put myself in a public place exactly that was 100 percent what it was i didn't want to start for instance like a lot of people like i found out sat later like obviously it doesn't matter like people don't People don't have to have a high, a low, a mid-range. People do great just having a mid and a low range or just a mid-range, like depending on where you're at. But for some reason, like I always felt like I have to, I wanted to be able to do low mids and highs. And so until I figured out mm. how to do my highs, like which was like the biggest pain in my ass ever, <laughs> until I figured out how to do that, I was like, I don't want to join a band. So I just spent like yeah, five yeah. years just like, what the hell am I doing? Like, let's figure this out. You're hurting my voice a lot, taking a lot of vocal breaks, blowing out my voice sometimes again, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing things that you're not supposed to do. And that's then eventually I figured it out. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm ready. Like, I want to join a band. And that was when it all just kind of started to happen. That's cool. Sleep. So then... <laughs> so then in terms of like the as I say, like the kind of more individual stuff like you're doing, you've been doing like with the covers and, and things like that. I don't know. Was that just because like something that you wanted to do creatively? Like where did that all kind of stem from? Well, once upon a time, this is actually, this is how it kind of everything stems together. Like it all patches together through some kind of weird fate. I don't even know what you want to call it, to be honest. But like, I remember I was always doing so many like horrible vocal covers they were like filmed in my bedroom like all of this crap is behind me nobody's watching it it's like absolute like filmed on a i shot i screamed through a pa on like a potato you know like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was so bad and like you can't you either can't hear the music or you can't hear me but some or you like something is drowned it was horrible so i was like this is bad like i just want to 
you know, as a vocalist, I think like I think I was thinking about it as every other instrument. They spend so much money on their instrument. Yeah. Guitars spend a thousand dollars on like a guitar and an amp. If you're a big, if you're like a, an intermediate guitar player, you know what I mean? And or like more, like way more than that, you know, and then it doesn't even. And I think about vocalists like we don't spend money on anything except for a microphone <laughs> yeah. and like maybe some studio gear. At the time, I didn't have any studio gear. So I was like, I just got an SM58 like. I'm, I should just, there's no reason why I can't spend $150 on like a video. And I remember I hit up this guy, Eric DiCarlo is where the full circle starts to come in. I hit up Eric DiCarlo yeah. and I was like, yo, dude, you shoot things. Can you shoot my cover? And at the time he wasn't doing, he wasn't really doing much. Like he was still like figuring out like what, if he was going to be a producer, a music producer or a film guy and yeah. shot my vocal cover. Cause he did, he had like all this really good gear. I remember he shot this cover, a last 10 seconds of life cover. Wow. Even more full circle. I'm not even going to lie. I'll get into that later. <laughs> but like I did the last 10 seconds of life cover and I was just like, boom, throw it on YouTube. Let's see what happens. Nobody paid attention to it for months. And then this dude, Brandon, the, the drummer of Awaken Providence, found it on YouTube somehow, probably because it like didn't look like crap. Like it had a cool thumbnail, you know, not like a potato thumbnail, which is like what I've been posting for so many years. And like, he was like, oh, he clicked on it, whatever. And then he was like, dude, I like you guys. I like what you're doing. Do you want to try out for the band? I was like, all right, whatever. And then all, everything happened. And then I joined Awaken Providence, basically. Eric mm. Carlo kept shooting music videos. Now he's like one of the biggest music video people. Like he shot Attila's music video recently. Yeah, he yeah. He just shot our music video for Lorna Shore. Crazy. And then we just went on tour with the last 10 seconds of life. Like, what is going on, dude? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but anyway, like after I did that first vocal cover, I just realized I was like, if this is working, there's no reason why I shouldn't just keep pumping out like high quality covers. So like I just kept like now when I post things, I I pay that extra dollar to make sure that, you know, it, it comes out the way I want it to. I yeah. So many crappy things for myself, but I need I want people to see it at this point. So let's put a little bit of work into it that's cool but like in terms of that because i think like there is sort of a preconceived notion and maybe a stigmatism to people that do like like whether it be vocal covers or guitar covers or whatever like in the youtube world that it's a little bit like tongue-in-cheek or a little bit like flash and things like that but because obviously you like you've like you've made that path for you and you kind of obviously you have now joined bands and so on and so forth. So I don't know, like, do you still find that world a bit strange that like there is kind of almost like an online community that want to stay online and don't want to pursue it? Or are you kind of the other end of the spectrum where you're like, no, people should push further and want to be forming bands because they've got all this talent. I mean, I think at this point they're so, if people do have a lot of talent, they I think, you know, I think it's, you don't have to join like a physical band nowadays. It's so easy to just join a, like an online band. This yeah, online yeah. community is so great. So, I mean, I don't feel like any, I think it's also, I think it's awesome that people just brand themselves and also just, they don't join anything. They just do whatever they're doing. Like I see some guitarists that are online that aren't in any bands, but they make some amazing guitar, like solo work. I fully support that kind of stuff. I think it's great. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I think I answered the question. Did I even answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, you're good. Um, and just in terms of kind of like, I guess, sort of your time frame and stuff, because obviously you're not, I know you still do it and you say like, you want to put in that little bit of extra effort with them. But obviously now, like with Lorna and like previous bands, like be, getting a busier schedule and things like that, are you stepping away from that or is it just kind of a matter of like as and when you can do them now? Oh no, I'm going to, I'm still going to be doing covers. I love cover. I love doing like, I don't, I don't want to get to experiment, you know, unless it's like, it's like, I can't do any, if I can't do this with Lorna, like this cool thing that I want to do. Like I, like I said, I've always been a metalcore vocalist or like, I always love trying other things. Like I also practice singing. I'm not very good at it, but like by practicing singing, I'm getting better at screaming and like, by practicing singing and learning how to do pitch screams, you know, so I can do like an architect's thing, but I'm never going to put an architect's vocal in a Lorna Shore song. I mean, maybe one day, but like <laughs> for my, for the sake of me who just wants to put it out there, like I'm always going to just like, I'll find a cover online or, or I'll make a cover for the sake of fulfilling that I want to put this out with a pitch scream, you know, kind of thing. So I'm always going to be doing that yeah, yeah. period. 
I like experimenting with weird shit and then making it cool or like adding screams to an EDM song that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. But it comes, but then when it's done, it's like, oh wow, this is like kind of really sick. So I love that. That's cool. So then if we kind of move on to like you joining Lorna Shaw, obviously you said there was already like a pre existing relationship. But obviously the first kind of introduction for you being in Lorna Shaw was you stepping in for the Euro tour, which obviously for good or bad had issues because of surrounding CJ and everything that kind of happened around that. Oh yeah. My question to you is being put in that position, obviously like where you are now is fantastic, but because of everything that was happening at that time, did you kind of go into it with a bit of skepticism? Because like a band, like obviously I know the other guys weren't involved in it, but any band that has those accusations thrown at them, there's going to be a bit of a, like a black mark against them. So from your perspective, were you tentative going into that or did you just see it as a good opportunity? I would have been tentative if they didn't just like when the whole thing happened, they just, drop the ball like out of nowhere like cj is no longer a part of the band yeah and then like everything started to come out and i thought it was just like i thought the way that they handled it was like so well like they were just like literally like we don't deal with this at all like once we found out it's done you know what i mean and i thought yeah for that i was like that resonated with me not just because i love lorna but just because i felt that that was right and i was like you know what that's how you should handle something like this if something's fucked up is happening and like all this stuff like what are you gonna say nothing like there are bands that don't say statements for like days you know they wait to, to see what the backlash is like to say something lorna Shore was just like fuck that fuck this guy peace you know what i mean and i think mm. uh, and I thought that was like exactly how it should have been handled. You know, that's how a lot of bands should handle things. When, if things, if like, if there are things that are wrong, say something, you know what I mean? Even, even if it goes against like, maybe like tarnishing something, like at least by you sticking up for what's right, it does more for the band at the end of the day. And I love, I've always been listening to Lorna since like God, yeah. God maker came out. So I was like, I love this. I was like, you know what? I'll definitely, if I could fulfill that void, I'll do it. Because I'm not gonna lie. I gave, I gave CJ McCreary fucking vocal lessons right before he joined Lorna Shore, right before. And then he told me he was joining Lorna Shore. And I'm like, they gave, in my mind, I'm like, they gave this guy the spot. And I'm giving this guy vocal lessons. Right now. <laughs> so I was just like, damn. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, uh, there was a little skepticism, but nothing that I just, I was like, you know what? This is fine. Like, I thought it was yeah. appropriately, and I'm just excited to fulfill that spot. And here I am. Um, because like, before we get to like the like the official announcement, as I said, like doing those like those Euro shows, I don't know. Was there any like was there any pushback on you? Because like I know, as you say, like Lorna, they did they did the right thing, like in terms of like they literally cut him out straight from the off. Right. But there's always going to be people like the internet talks and shit like that so i don't know was there like pushback from you or were people just kind of happy that that somebody that they knew and respected had kind of filled that spot and was they knew that you could do a good job if that makes sense i mean at the end of the day i feel like there's always going to be somebody that says something no matter what there's always going to be somebody who's upset about something no matter, like it can be a great yeah. thing there's going to be haters no matter what. And like, it, I don't mean to say that just because like, oh, haters, but there's, it's like, that's just what it is. Like there are people that just hate on things just for the sake of hating. And it's like, you know what? That's fine. I'm just not going to pay attention to that. Like, I'm just going to keep doing it. Mm. I'm just going to keep putting out. I'm not related to that. You know, I'm my own person. And at the end of the day, my, the music that I make is my own. And so I'm like, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to dwell on this past. You know what I mean? That's not my past. So I don't care about it. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. so then, in terms of like you, quote unquote, officially becoming part of the band, obviously, like you did that that run of shows before sort of COVID happened. So, was the conversation of you becoming like a full time member already going then, or was that something that happened like once COVID had happened and you kind of had a bit of time to assess? Like, well, how did that conversation happen? Well, I remember they asked me to do a song or whatever, and I sent it to them and they were like, all right, great, come on this tour. But they didn't actually exactly tell me if I was a part of the band yet. They were just like, come on the tour. We need somebody to fill in for the spot. So I was like, all right, I'm just filling in. You know what I mean? And I'm like, and that's fine with me anyway, because it's still like, it's, it's 
it's going to do good regardless. And I've always wanted yeah. to do it. I've always wanted to be in Europe, you know, and we're in, and with Lorna. So I was like, let's go, dude. Like, fuck yeah. And then, uh, so I didn't even, I had no idea what was going on. Even when I was in Europe, I had no idea what was going on at all. <laughs> and it only took until like the last couple of days when things were like, all right, well, you did good enough. These You've done great these last couple of days and there's no reason why you shouldn't be a part of the band, you know? But you can't say that, obviously. You gotta play it off like, <laughs> and then one day we'll say it, you know? And then it, a year and a half later, here we are. I didn't say anything at all. It was just killing me inside. Just that. I was gonna say, was that difficult? <laughs> they don't know. I want to tell my friends. <laughs> but I know if I tell my friends, then my friends tell my friends, and then my friends, then their friends tell people that I don't even know, and now everybody knows something, you know. So it's like great. I kept it in for a long time. <laughs> That's cool. But because that's the thing, so like obviously there was like rumors sort of bubbling around. So was that kind of really difficult, like see, seeing the people on the internet? Because obviously people after the tour kind of like were starting to say, oh, Will's going to be the new guy. So was it difficult you like keeping so quiet for so long? Definitely. But that's why I said that's why I had to go on the line and be like, thanks for everything, everybody. I was just filling in. You know what I mean? Just to help <laughs> this idea that no, like what's going on. And I think it honestly, it was, it was, I think it was also like kind of like a cool marketing thing because everybody was just kind of like, what is going on? Like, what is, what, who, who is this, who's going to fill this void? You know, like nobody knew exactly. So it's like the fact that people are still talking about things, anything involving the band is like good. You know? hmm. So that's why, that's why I kept it. You know, I'm not going to lie though. I, I, there were times where I just wanted to say something, but I was like, no, I can't. Like think back to the, yeah, yeah. the status that I made. I was just a villain. It's fine. But in a year and a half, they'll know. <laughs> and so if we get onto kind of where we are now, like obviously the, with the EP now out, like, I don't know, because you said like, obviously you, you'd had that first song that they'd kind of asked you to do before the tour. So once that, once sort of COVID had happened and you, you'd kind of, you were officially part of the band, but we didn't know that yet. Right? Did did kind of the work start for that record like immediately, or like oh. I don't know? Where was the process with that? So we had to schedule some time with our guy, obviously. So when we came back from that March thing, we waited a cut. Everything COVID was hitting the fans, so we didn't do a lot. Like a lot, everything kind of was at a standstill. We, nobody really knew what was going on with as far as anything. But then by the time we set up like time with our, our guy, we all had written some more some things on our own and we kind of just came together and then pumped it out. But that wasn't again, that wasn't until like months later. It was it was still that, mm. that lull while everyone's trying to figure out what was going on. You know, COVID was at that moment in March and April and May, everybody was like freaking out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we didn't do a lot. We didn't do a lot. We waited, we really only I think we waited until like June or August until we actually went back into the studio to start writing things together as a band. Yeah. So it wasn't okay because I don't know, like because obviously with you joining, there's like from a pers like a fan perspective, like it's it kind of looks like okay, Will's the singer now. We want to get new music out, but was that not like the the kind of feeling behind the scenes? Was it more like we'll do this when? feels ready and we feel comfortable sort of thing we wanted to make sure that we were ready but at the same time we did know because like everything was happening at the time that we had a little bit of a time crunch it's like okay we can't like, mm. wait around for too long but uh but at the end of the day when we put out this ep we wanted it to be like everything that the band encapsulates you know what i mean so when everybody worked on their own and they put in their own thing and then they came together when the time finally came because like i said we were all still working on our own before we actually went into the studio to put it together you know so when yeah. we actually came together it's like that's why it sounds the way it does it's like everybody put in their own little input at the end of the day mm. yeah and obviously like the first thing that we heard with you as the vocalist of, of Lorna Shaw was to the hellfire and like I've got to touch upon that sort of like end segment which is just like one of the most disgusting things I've ever fucking heard but was that you putting your stamp on things that like almost kind of 
I don't want to say you were showing off, but like just kind of like this is what I bring to Lorna Shaw, sort of thing. Well, they wanted that. They, I was in the studio, and it was just like ten seconds of like, or however five seconds of just like silence. And I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do with this?" And they were like, "Just do something." <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like words. They were like, "No, just do anything. Just don't even think about it. Just do it." And I was like, okay. And then I did something, <laughs> and it was like. And it was like the snort and the scream thing. And then they were like, and they were like, whoa, do that again. But do it again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> fill the void, you know, of this whole thing. And then I was just like, okay, I guess. And then like, I just did it. And then I did it the first time. And I was like, and they were like, great, there you go. It's done. And I was like, ah, do you want me to do it again? I'll do it again. I could do it better maybe. And they were like, no, it's good. Just leave it. And I was like, okay. And then that's, and then they were like, I was like, all right, are you sure? We don't have to do this. We can change it, you know? And they were like, nah, keeping it. It's so sick. And then that's what everybody ended up liking at the end of the day, which I think is that's hilarious. <laughs> so I was just like, are you sure? I should have been more sure, you know? <laughs> but because, like, because of that, like, as I say, there are obviously people who knew your work before Lorna Shaw, but there's, there will be people who are fans of the band but weren't necessarily familiar with you. So, like, what's the reaction, like, from those, that particular kind of group of fans, what's the reaction been like when, especially, like, that was their first thing they hear of you? Were people like, holy shit, who the fuck is this guy? Or, like, what was the reaction? It's a lot of that. It's a lot of, where did you come from? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I've always been here. <laughs> I'm like you know what I mean I'm like I've been here did you not see my bedroom my potato did you not <laughs> potato you know what I mean so it, I don't know it's really funny to me because it's like I mean I, it's one of those things again where you think you're marketing yourself as well as you are and then you find all these people that are like I have no I listen to metal and I didn't even know you existed and you're like damn I was not marketing myself that well you know what I mean <laughs> So, I mean, I love it. I love to hear that kind of stuff. It's definitely an eye opener. It's like, how can I, how do I keep this kind of stuff going? You know, so keep yeah, yeah. going or whatever the hell you want to call it. That's cool. Yeah. And obviously like you guys are, are one of the bands that are now back actively sort of like out on the, doing the work and doing shows and things like that. Obviously you did like the, the hometown show that was part of like the revolver thing, which looked fucking amazing. That's great. So like, how has it been for you guys being back and specifically for you now being able to like go, this is my version of Lorna Shaw? Oh, I love it, dude. Now I don't have to tell people when people are like, oh, you know, does everyone's talk. I still hear, I used to hear people like talking about like CJ shit and I'm like, I just want to tell them so bad. Like, I'm just like, I'm the guy, I'm the new guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I can't. And now I can. So it's like when I'm with my friends, it's like, I don't know, it's great. I it's uh I'm happy that I can that I'm not holding this weight inside of me anymore, you know. It was just like it wanted to I just wanted to just let people know and I couldn't. Yeah. So it definitely feels like a weight off my shoulders, I'm not gonna lie. That's cool. Um well before I let you go, how I like to end things is to ask my guest what their favorite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So, what's your favorite Lorna Shaw song that you like to perform live and why? Okay. Uh, ooh. And that return to nothingness is really cool. Why? Yeah. Because it's like, it's so jammy, dude. Like, I don't know what it is, <laughs> man. It's something of, it's not like the heaviest song that we have. Like, everyone expects, like, jam, like they're going to freaking break their neck or, like, punch someone in the face to these songs and then when that song comes out it's like it's not it's not like that and it's still everyone's still vibing to it so i love it because it's also not like the most vocally intensively like most difficult song i just gotta like it's not like the fast vocals all the time it's just like powerful vocals you know what i mean and i love doing that kind of stuff it's i can jam to it i can put a little bit more yeah, performance yeah. to it so i'm not like just going crazy thinking about how i'm breathing the entire time so yeah great song Perfect. Brilliant. Well, Will, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Cannot wait to see you guys back over here in the UK next year. Like, super looking forward to that. 
Um, but yeah, like congratulations on, on the record and everything going forward. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me on your show. And I am excited to come see you. No worries, man. We'll catch up when you're in the UK. Hell yeah, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Cheers, Will. Take care. Take care, man. Have a nice day. So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Will for taking some time out of his day and having a little chat with me. Uh, as mentioned briefly at the end of the, the chat, Lorna Shaw will be over in the UK in February next year uh, with Chelsea Grin and I believe it's kind of X as the other band. It's one big, massive package tour, um, so be sure to check that out. Um, as always, you can keep up to date with what they're doing on all their various social media platforms, but you can also keep up to date with Will and his uh, covers on his YouTube channel and his Instagram as well. So all those details will be put in the show notes of this show um i'm gonna keep it very short and sweet because i said i'm very tired and i've got food on the way so thank you again for stopping by the justin inside podcast and i'll see you soon